Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. So an interesting uh, article I read recently about Michael Phelps' sister, Hillary. She stopped drinking. Michael Phelps, of course, the, the Olympic swimmer. swimmer. Yeah, the guy. I mean, the greatest ever. He's sort of fast. Not even, not even <laughs> close. He is the goat when it comes to swimming. Greatest of all time. But anyways, his sister uh, went through rehabil- rehabilitation, alcohol rehab, uh, about 15 years ago. Kept it secret until recently because with all of that's been going on, you know, the alcohol-free movement Mm -hmm. and the sober curious movement and all of this stuff, she felt inspired to tell her story. But in 2007 or eight, it was, when she got sober, she felt ashamed. Interesting. Which is weird, right? I don't think it's weird. See, now, you and I, but you you and I are kind of wired different on that end of things. Right. Because- uh, I'm, Shame is not a feeling that you experience a lot of. No, no. And it is for me. Well, I think, and worrying about what other people think. Yeah, and right. I'm getting better, but that I I understand why, and especially in 2008, like it's a much different landscape now because of what started about in 2018. Yeah, it's a yeah. much different landscape now, just for people owning their sobriety for whether it be a situation where they needed rehab, whether it be a situation where they're doing like a 12 step program or whether it be a situation where they just decided they didn't want to drink anymore. I, I, because so many people are on the move, but like joining Mm -hmm. the movement now away from alcohol, I think that that, that taboo type thing is gradually disappearing. And I think people are feeling a little bit more emboldened to be like, you know what? I'm going to come out and say it. I don't want to drink anymore. Yes. I still think we have a ways to go like in society. Well, it's specifically here too. I mean, you yeah. know, depending on where you live and I can completely relate to that because I, I can say this with great confidence where we live here in Southern Minnesota. If you don't drink alcohol, you are in the minority. Absolutely. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day and the host was like, oh my gosh, I live in LA. No one drinks here anymore. And I was like, oh, do I need to go to LA? <laughs> well, there's, I, I saw an article. I can't remember where, where it was, but it said, it was the insider. It was that article I sent you, I think, where it said, oh yeah, it's official that alcohol is just not cool anymore. But I was like, you're not in the Midwest. But also like the Golden Globes were last week or the week before. And there, that's the one where they all drink. Yeah. And like there was tons of jokes about drinking and like some of the presenters were drunk and some of the people accepting there. And, and it was this big like inside joke with all the celebrities. So it was very much still prevalent at the Golden Globes. Sure. So I, that's when I say I think we have a long ways to go before it's really normalized. But I get why in 2008, Hillary Phelps felt Ashamed. But you even back in 2021, yeah. when, when you and I just decided to stop, we, uh, again, I, I think it's, uh, well, let me ask you, why did you feel a little bit awkward about talking about it publicly initially? Um, I felt 
embarrassed and it, maybe there was a little shame, but my, my, the biggest feeling that I can remember is feeling embarrassed and like, I Embar- was embarrassed about what? Like I was weird because everyone around me at that time drank. And so I felt embarrassed. Like I can't handle it. You know, I can't handle my alcohol. I, whatever, for whatever reason, I felt more embarrassed than ashamed. And I didn't talk about it a lot until like six months after I stopped. The The funny thing is, uh, for a few months there, we would have a uh, alcohol brought in on a regular basis onto our show <laughs> on Friday mornings, and we weren't partaking. Yeah, and I was only there for a few weeks of that. Yeah, about a month. About a month of it, yeah. Because I had left our career in radio in January of last year, uh, but you were there till April. Yeah, so I was there for three months. So you're just yeah. like slide it out of the way? like. Well, yeah, well, I just was like, I'm on the air. Oh, right. You know, and I, like but, you kinda, but you would use that as like your. Even though for years it didn't stop. That wasn't, I mean, it, it didn't stop me for years. So, right. I mean, I don't, but I'm never one to really care what people think. But I think that it's bizarre that people who don't drink <laughs> find themselves having to explain why. Right. Right. The funny thing is we were just having, you and I were having dinner this past Saturday night with friends of ours. And uh, Mike, he doesn't drink at all. But uh, Emily, and when she said to me, I was faking it for a long time because it's not, I don't like the way it makes me feel. And I'm like, I was kind of on that until I listened to her explain how she felt about it. Yeah. Because you and I were on a different path, right? Right. With, so I only drank alcohol because everybody else was doing it. Mm-hmm. So... When I had the chance to stop and get out, it was nothing for me. Yeah. I was like, good, because I don't want to do this anymore. I just, it. I think it affects p- different people in different ways, right? Definitely. Some people, it's just like, it's like turning an on switch on, right? Yes. Just bingo, and it's 100 miles an hour. To me, it was always a depressant, and I felt I would get tired. I didn't like my mood. It never made me really feel up. I don't know that at the end it made me feel up either, but there was just only one speed and it yeah, was like just keep full blast. It yeah. was full throttle immediately. Like there was, there was no in between. Right. So I don't, I don't think it even, it didn't even make me feel good, but it, right. that, that was just how it was. Well, I think a lot of, I think you were somewhat a victim of your environment. Uh, yeah i mean yeah everybody everybody around you was always drinking yeah and i just i think it was more like i didn't it that that made it a me take a lot longer to recognize that it was becoming problematic because i was drinking like everyone around me right and and that's that's problem drinking so it didn't feel like odd right because it was the same as everyone around me until i was like oh this is probably heading in a direction that i need to stop right or it's gonna get well is what you had the ability to do is see what it would look like 20 or 30 years down the line yeah i I mean honestly that's something that i will forever be grateful for that whatever if it was (laughs) god or if it was my intuition or if it was whatever that 
made me <laughs> wake up and see play the tape forward and go. Right. You can't keep living like this. I've, I've, we, you and I have talked about this, but before. But do you think that growing up in completely different environments may have may be the reason that we it was different for us, for you? I mean, you and I. I'm sure that was a factor. Um, I wonder about that. I would like to ask a professional about. I that. have alcoholism in my family. So do I. So that. But, but my dad didn't. My dad and my mom. Mm-hmm were adamant that it was not in our home. So I grew up in an alcohol-free home. Sure. But they're both their dads, my grandfather on both sides, my mom's dad and my dad's dad were both big drinkers. Sure. And my mom had a horrible, she did not like the experience growing up. So she was like, we're not, that's never, I don't want yeah, that. I suppose it was very different for you growing up in a home where there was no alcohol. Right. And I did not. So it, yeah, it's an, it's interesting. I wonder if anyone will ever, or maybe they have, and I'm just unaware of it, but kind of studies, you know, yeah. like what was your childhood like? What was your relationship with alcohol like when you drank? There's a lot of wildlife like, I know. sprinting around in the backyard <laughs> right now. Just, guys, we're trying to record, keep it down. Right. Um, but it, it would be interesting, or, you know, what kind of friends did you surround yourself with at an early age and what? Yeah. That would be very eye-opening, I think. Right. I, I, because I, I hear this from a lot of my friends that don't drink as well. And they're like, well, I decided I was hanging it up when I had kids. I hear mm-hmm. this a lot. Or, mm-hmm. or Because you start to think different, right? And you don't... The, the new thought pattern is you don't want kids exposed to that and making it seem normalized. Yeah. Right? They don't want that, and it, they have to understand that it's something that adults do and they should do in moderation, mm-hmm. but it has very, it, it's a dangerous drug is what it is. It that, is. It, it's, it, that's exactly what it is. For some reason, people have a hard time accepting that. Yes. That it is a dangerous drug. It, every bit as dangerous as cocaine, heroin, and all the other ones. Because that's not how it's marketed. Right. Well, that's exactly, it's you, just, you it's hear wild. that. It's right. Like, it has to be the most successful marketing campaign of all time it may it, it really brings to light the power of lobbying Honestly, doesn't it yeah like we are going to sell you the fact that you can't have fun unless you drink a poison, poison. <laughs> literally like what it they did such a good job that they convinced people that it was okay and cannabis was not mm-hmm and it's they're they're so far on opposite ends of the spectrum right? that it's it's insane. It's that, bonkers. I mean, there the science behind that is uh, there isn't any. It's just it's bonkers to me that people actually believe that because you want to know why we live in a society where it's not only accepted, it is promoted and encouraged. Right, and you're weird if you don't. Right, and that's not it's not that way everywhere, but where we live, yeah. People definitely do a double take when like you Jim, tell them you don't drink. I love that bit when Jim Gaffigan talked about it. He goes, why do you always have to explain to people why you don't drink? And and you do. There's, and, I, and they it, yeah. and it's like no matter how long it's been since you've had a drink. When did, when did you feel the tide turning? As far as my... No, personal experience or, or yeah the uh, i mean when when you were like you know what because 
I think when when the sober curious movement began in the late part of last decade, 2018-ish, somewhere around mm-hmm. there, I think a lot of people felt encouraged and emboldened to be like, to take that next step and be like, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, I definitely didn't then. I was pro- I don't know if that I was even aware of the sober curious movement. And if I was, I probably laughed at it. You didn't figure it out until the pandemic. It was correct? the pandemic. Yeah. And it was like, that's when it became obvious that it was, it felt like too much. Sure. Too often, yeah. too much hangovers all the time. But it always felt like, and I remember going through this in my head, like, well, I have this coming up and then it's my birthday and maybe after that I'll slow down or I'll, 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 I'll quit for a while. I'll take a break. And it was always like bargaining with myself of how the, I was <laughs> going to make it work. But the thing about it is you rarely drank during the week unless you were going Until the pandemic, unless you were out with somebody. Right. Right. Yeah. Before the pandemic, I was a weekend. It was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which yeah. is like four out of seven <laughs> right, days. Right. So not like tooting my own horn on that. Right. But most people do start, start the week right. ar- around here. The weekends begin Thursday that was, afternoon. That was my schedule. Right. And it just was. And then when the pandemic started, it was like, well, I don't well, have to. A lot of us drank every night. Remember when the big joke was initially when it started? Cause the recycling guy would come on Thursdays. Yeah. Or Wednesdays, and you'd hear the bo- the wine bottles <laughs> just crashing yeah. out of the recycle bins into the into the trucks, and I was like, "Oh God, that's every, every, everybody's getting it done." So it was that when it really escalated, and yeah. I think that was the case for a lot of people. They were at home; there was nothing to do. We were all like bonding over, you know, sharing our virtual happy hours or whatever, and then things started to go back to normal. And I was like, well, I can't not drink if there's, if events are coming back. Right. And I really thought like, I can't not drink at events. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it it is weird. But it was, it was so ingrained and it was such a part of my identity that I didn't, I didn't even know who I would be without it. How many people do you think go to the outdoor concerts just to drink? And and yeah, a, a I mean, bunch it, of them do it and they don't even realize it because if you took the alcohol away, a lot of them would be like, why am I here? Yeah. The, the sound quality is terrible. The environment sucks. The lines are two why, hours yeah, long. Why I, am I, I here? have to pee in a porta potty. I mean, right. it's just miserable. It is. So yeah, and then when I decided I needed to quit, it was more dire than you deciding that you would support me right. and take a break. I was like, I have to stop. This is, put, this is going down a very dark ro- road. But then it felt like I was naked. I'm like, here I am. And I, I gave up alcohol and that was like my shield. And then I didn't have it anymore. And so then I was like embarrassed and felt like very exposed all of a sudden. So I didn't, I I started a new job like four weeks after I stopped drinking, which is very brave in hindsight. And at the same time it, it but it also worked because that my new coworkers never knew me as a drinker. They, 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 they ask a lot of questions now that they're comfortable with me and I'm comfortable with them. And they'll be like, like how wild were you? (laughs) Like how many beers would you have had at happy hour? And I'm like, 
you guys. It would have been very, very bad if I 15. worked here and drank. <laughs> like I am, I can say that now and laugh and it's funny, but it would not have been funny. It would have been very bad. Um, so yeah, I, I totally get why in 2008 you wouldn't have said anything. Right. When, when she, when she was telling the story, I thought it was really interesting. And she also brought up that she felt like it was more taboo for women mm. than men. And I was, and I thought, really? Why? You know, I, I don't, I don't understand, but again, I'm not a woman, so I, yeah, I, no. I, I can't figure that out. I guess I did. I don't feel like that, but I can tell but you if th- that was her experience, I, then I can tell you this. There's a lot of guys that, for fear of what they think others will perceive them as, yeah. they they simply won't stop drinking for that. They, yes, because, that's true. Because of their circle of friends and they don't want people... There's this weird, weird... I, I was just talking with a friend of mine about this the other, a couple of weeks ago at the gym and we were having this conversation. He doesn't drink either, but he was like, there's this weird perception that mm-hmm. if that if you don't drink alcohol you've got issues <laughs> and we we can't figure it out why men just can't stop drinking and do other things right right like and we were and conveniently enough we're both at the gym right <laughs> like, here's we're what like, we do instead yeah this instead of going to the bar or sitting on a cooler at a softball game we're we're here yeah may you know and we're in constantly improving our bodies and just everything so it was kind of funny and we were talking about that and i was like this is it's odd that people that guys are worried about what other guys will think if they don't drink how did that come about i don't know it's the the psychology of alcohol is pretty fascinating if you think about it and not not alcohol the substance but just like the just the society the culture of it just think they, they've done all this in less than 100 years yeah because of, we had prohibition in this country right so this whole marketing campaign and everything that they've done just look what they've look how they moved on it, this it, it, it is the most successful marketing campaign of all time they've made they've made they made so much money and they got so powerful that they can you know they basically do whatever they want but but the funny thing is it wasn't it's not even about that anymore this new generation it was the millennials that started this whole thing this whole concept right and gen z a lot of them a lot of them are on board you i mean that you can fight me on this if as i mean verbally anyways (laughs) But, don't come over here. But I know, but I'm talking about there's there's people that don't believe it. And I'm like, listen, you're in the wrong part of the country to be even really understanding this, right? We here in the Midwest, if you're in the Dakotas, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, if you're in the upper Midwest here, Chicago even, right, Illinois, you, we have a different mindset when it comes to drinking it's like we pour basically pour beer on our cereal in the morning (laughs) i mean it's that bad right i'm not kidding it's it's insane when look at why do you think people in in the midwest go to their campers at the campsites on the weekends oh that's a big that's that's what they go for big drinking event that's what they go for what do you think a lot of the parents are doing when they're traveling with their with their hockey kids and stuff 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's like just, it's become so much a part of everything we do. And by the way, not not every parent does that. So don't don't at me. But you're not. But I'm but I'm telling you that I know enough, right? But it it, it has become so ingrained in our culture that you one don't even think about it, and two, if you do think about it, you can't imagine doing those things without it. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I, I think it's hard for a lot of people to to just imagine stopping when every literally everybody in their inner circle drinks. Definitely. So that's what makes it. That's the hard part. And I think I think there's this um, stigma, and I and I think it's getting better. But like, if you quit drinking, that you just have to like wither, like. Don't tell anybody. Don't talk about it. Don't be proud of it. Just like wither. Yeah. Like, shh. Isn't that <laughs> Very weird? much. And I noticed that after a few months of not drinking, and I was like, oh, hell no. Alcohol doesn't get to beat me. Right. Like, it already tried to beat me, and now it does not, it does not get to win. It's just and weird. that's when I started talking about it and being more open, like... And, and I'm not asking everyone to quit drinking with me. Like this is not a crusade, but I'm just, I, I think if you are questioning alcohol's role in your life, it helps to have people who are out there doing life without alcohol and showing you that it's possible. Yeah. And, and the funny, the funny thing is now approach, you know, we're over a year. It was December of 26, tw- December of 21 was the last time I had a drink, mm-hmm. right? And I can tell you that now, here we are in January of 2023, I can tell you that I still, on a regular basis, see evolution with myself. Oh, yeah. As far as my my physical and mental being. It's, totally. it's weird how I'm still coming back. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, this is over a year now. Oh and, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll feel a ton better at about six months, right? And then you get to a year, and you're like, I mean, I was like late late this fall. I was like, okay, now I get it. But now here I am continuing every. I would say about every month, I notice something different, and I'm like, what is going on? And then it's like, I get it. I'm um, you know, they, they talk about becoming awake. It just continues to evolve, and it is strange. It's almost like aging in reverse. Yeah, and it's – so let me ask you this. I've noticed a weird thing, and I can't figure out if it's because of some of the other, like, holistic healings that I've been doing, but I've had old memories that I've, like, completely forgotten about. I as well, yeah. That's strange. Popping up, like, coming back. Like, I, I'll remember something – out of the blue, like from childhood. I know. And it's very clear. It's vivid. And it's this like memory coming back. And and it is so odd. Yeah. It's so odd. It's weird. I'm like, it where is. is this coming from? Or I'll see something on social media or see it on TV or hear a song. And it's like, it, it will unlock this like core memory that I had completely forgotten about. Yeah. It's, I know. It all it's so weird. There's a lot of things that start rolling back. Like, and you're is like, my brain healing? Well, I think your still? whole body does. It's like, it's still healing. Your mind, your liver, your kidneys. <laughs> oh, it's weird. <laughs> Everything else. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. By the way, we did get a, 
I think we've had more than one message. People want to know where you had your Reiki session. Oh, I've 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 responded. Did, to, did you respond to a few of them? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just I've wanted responded. to make sure. Um, because it was, I it was lovely. Because I want to uh, I want to try some alternative. Um, yes. healing as well. Oh, I'm talking about like from that gets me excited, helping like, with muscle soreness and things like that, because I'm, I'm with the research I've done. I do believe that acupuncture could help. Yes. I think you, I've never done acupuncture, but I think you should try that because you ail like physically. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get some joint and some muscle pain. soreness, but I'm working through that, which is weird again as well. I'm like, I don't know what happened. There was about at about the Six, seven month, eight month range. I started, I had some, I battled some real sore, mm -hmm. like tough spots when I was, as I was progressing, getting, lifting heavier weights and stuff. And I was like, what's going on? You know, do I have something that's going to stop me from continuing? I just powered through and I powered through, I kept going, you know, and I then. And all, it's feeling better. All of a sudden, it's just like this is not medical advice. No, but I'm <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know what happened, but I can feel my my joints, everything just getting stronger now. I've I, mean, I, I followed some good advice to lighten up a little bit and not progress as fast, but still, like my joints and all of these mm -hmm. things that were. I, I can um I honestly believe that it may be due to some of the CBD products I've been taking. Sure. Because last time Matt was here, he brought me some stuff. He goes, you should try this. Every morning, take it. And it's going to take a while to get into your system. Yep. But once you start using it, see if this helps. And I think that's what's do. I think that may play a big part of this. I could see that. I think that's what's so cool about a lot of these natural and holistic healing methods. Yeah. Is like giving yourself a chance to experience them or experiment with them and finding modalities that work for you. Yeah, I would give it, I mean, I encourage people, again, if you've not been to the CBD centers mm -hmm. here in Mankato, and you have, whether it's anxiety, if maybe you have focus issues, maybe you have sleep issues, aches and pains, again, they, they can direct you to product that will most likely help you, and it's a natural alternative to just taking a handful of Advil every morning. Matt brought us some of uh, one of their newer products called the Zooters. Yeah. And it's a have you tried those? capsule and um, I have not, oh. but it's mushrooms. Lion's mane. Legal mushrooms. Yeah. It's not like psychedelics. No. Um, but it's supposed to help with energy and focus. And I have not tried them yet, but I'm excited to try them because I have some very big tasks coming up at work that... I just want to see how how I feel. No, there's there there are people. And they're all that, natural. Yeah, there's people that claim that it has helped them uh, immensely with like uh, attention deficit disorder mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, and I do find myself very easily distracted. So and I'm there's excited. no crash coming down off yeah. it either. So yeah, I'm telling you, it's a I'm, natural. I just yeah, there's just a lot of natural products, natural. Um, modalities yeah. like the acupuncture, massage, Reiki hypnotherapy. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. Speaking of that, but I'm going to visit with somebody uh, today that is that I'm that I've known online for a while. Finally had a chance to meet her in person and she's gone this year. Her thing is 100% vegan. Cool. So I've always 
you know, and I mean, I don't know if I could do that. I when I was talking to her, I was like, I don't know with my exercise and stuff if I could pull something like that off. But I I do like to they'll, they'll fish. What what do they call that? Polo pescatarian. Fish and poultry. Yeah, is that what it is? And vegetables. Yeah. So that that's exactly it. Yeah. So turkey, chicken, fish, and loads of fruit, fresh fruits and vegetables, and that has helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's she's given it a whirl, and she says they've come a long way with a lot of their product. So uh, I would like I, I would like to have her on with us sometime. That would so. be cool. Yeah. I think people have a lot of questions surrounding plant based eating. That was but one it's of the- one of those things that. It, like it feels insurmountable at first. You're like, oh, well, what am I going to eat if I don't eat well, meat and dairy and eggs? They had a good, a good, I saw an interview with a dietitian talking about this exact thing. And she was like, most people are not going to be able to go 100% vegan. They won't want to. But there's a movement now where people are looking for other plant-based protein options. Mm-hmm. And they'll have days like it started now with this meatless Monday. Meatless Monday, right? Yes. But they'll go a couple of like like one day they'll plan animal proteins, and the next they're gonna be like today it's gonna be all plant based. Yeah. And as they progress and that starts to evolve, uh, they expect the, the health benefits to start to really show. I've gone a few day more than a few days this year, fully plant based, not vegan, but plant based, right. and uh, I do feel better, just yeah. like digestively. I know, My stomach feels better. I know people at the gym that are 100% vegan. So yeah. you can do it, right? And they're in there working their butts off. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, you you can do it if you're experienced and you know what you're doing. But the one thing that a lot of people struggle to get is the protein, mm-hmm. right? And that you have to know what you're doing because there's a lot of plant-based proteins out there, but you have to know how to get it because you, you want to get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And that you can find yourself deficient if you're not careful and you yeah. don't know what you're doing. And especially if you're right. if you're really active. Right. And lifting weights, your mu- your muscles For sure. need protein to grow. So, yeah, guys. So you and, can get jacked. Yeah, and testosterone that you need, yeah. So, you know what? Uh it'll be an interesting conversation again. I'd, I'd like to have I'm her on sometime. To, to meet her. It's yeah. That this is another day conversation, but meeting people that you know online in person is a trip. Yeah, this is wild. Yeah, it is, right? But it was like, it wasn't as wild as I thought because it was following each other and communicating. Yeah. You, you learn enough to where it's like, because I think I learned this through broadcast. You know, if somebody's <laughs> unhinged or not. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I just find myself to be a lot more shy in, in person. Oh, yeah. For some reason, which is weird. Um, and so it's like, sometimes it's, I feel really awkward when I meet somebody that I only knew online, like my friend, Steph, who teaches yeah. at JP fitness. I knew her online before I met her in person. How and did you meet her online? What would, how did you know her online? Because she owned her own fitness studio oh. many years ago. And so I, I like followed her fitness studio and she was active online. And, um, then I met her through my parenting website. She wrote for me and it was so weird. I was like, I feel like a creepy like stalker person because I follow you online. I got she's it. like, I follow you online too. It's fine. <laughs> Steph is fantastic, by the way. She's her life story completely. Just oh, fitness aside, I could sit down with her behind these microphones and she could tell stories. Well, we need to get her in because we talk yeah. about her all the oh time, my God. and we're always like, we're gonna have her on. And then she'll message me that morning and she'll be like, thanks for the shout out on the podcast. Like she listens. I know. So we just gotta actually have her. 
there's a, there's a few things that she has championed in life that I would love because she's I know she's so she's cool. amazing, right? So it's like, yeah, all right. We are just on a tangent. I know this morning. we we kind of here and there, but I'm the reason I brought up the Michael Phelps sister Hillary is I thought it was a great story, and it's 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 bringing to light. I think something that a lot of people had faced in the past, and that's the shame of just de- deciding that they don't want to drink anymore, which is bizarre to me, right? But that's what a lot of people feel the, because of this, their surroundings. Yeah, and I, I think it's those people that kind of blaze the trail deserve a round of applause For sure. or yeah. some recognition or whatever. Um, Cause I know a few women, even locally who quit drinking years ago and they weren't like super public about it, but they would talk about it on social media every once yeah. in a while. And it's like, you, you guys were the OGs. Yeah. Like you were sober curious before it was cool. So yeah. they deserve a round of applause. We're, we're in the middle of January. And the reason I bring it up is I know that there's a lot of people that probably had the intent of giving it a shot and maybe have fell off the wagon. It's still the middle of January. Get back on. You can do this. And the, today's a new day. Yeah. And the community, uh, and I'm not just saying this, but the movement and the community is continually growing. Yes. So get on board now and uh, you'll, you'll be reaping the benefits a few years down the line when everybody else is going to be asking you how you did it. <laughs> right. Seriously. All right. We'll be back tomorrow morning with another episode.